So tonight, uh, like I said, Suzanne and I are going to share together, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to, um, those of you who have heard Suzanne preach before, you know she's, she's my lioness. And um, um, so, yeah, together we want to, here's what's been going on with us. Um, we, the last couple of weeks, we have just been poured into and poured into and poured into. We, we went to, last, this last week we were at Bethel's Leaders uh, Conference. Um, and actually the day before that, we were at the Bethel Leaders Network Conference, which is a separate one day. And we just got so filled up, so filled up. And that was coming off of um, the, the uh, connection, Kingdom Connection, the week before in Vacaville. And we also took a quick hop over to AJ and Cassandra's church in Hayward. And, and Suzanne and I spoke at, um, or were part of a panel for um, a children's and parent, parenting conference. And so um, that was awesome, too. I just, and we, we've met so many people. Last week, I told you, uh, if you missed last week, um, uh, I really encourage you, it's in the email, uh, the, the uh, connection, the, the tab, to go to the video I talked about um, from Caleb uh, Byerly. That I mentioned that last week. We, we, we showed you a 30-minute video right in the middle of worship last week because it was so good. And uh, yeah. And Aletta came up to me and said, oh, I watched it today, and I just sobbed. I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, oh, gosh. So when we, when we, we heard it firsthand, um, a missionary, I'm not going to tell the whole story at all, but just a missionary who got a dream from God, a night dream, and, and uh, including about a people group that nobody knew about, along with an instrument that nobody had ever seen or heard, and he decided to make that. And through a whole series of events, God takes him, to these people that actually do exist, and this instrument fits right in with their culture, with all the things they've been teaching about waiting for this instrument to worship the God of all gods. I mean, it's crazy. That's the 10-second that's the version. I'm telling you, it will make you sob. And, and so Caleb is one of those modern-day Acts heroes. We're all supposed to be living in the book of Acts, and, um, and I want to remind you, this is why we decided to, to do the book of Acts. Beginning of this year, the elders went on retreat, and we said, God is moving. And, and um, you know, there's been different moves of God that have come in different waves where it just seems like his spirit seems to rise, meaning he just feels more accessible. It seems like miracles happen more frequently. And this is just one of those times the water level's rising again. And, um, and so one of the reasons we've gotten into the book of Acts is because we wanted to keep teaching to all of us, keep reminding us this is supposed to be no the norm. Living in the power of the Holy Spirit, seeing miracles. God is a supernatural God. His kingdom is a supernatural kingdom. And we're supposed to be living in that. And honestly, we get worn down. Some of it's too, is living in America where there's lots of comfortability and things that we don't have to fight for because it's just easier than some other places. And, and so that we're, we're just feeling um, all stirred up again. I'm we're getting all stirred up again <laughs> in a really good way. And, um, and so this last week, um, we, I met another, like I feel like I'm meeting the most astounding people in the universe, um, which is, I guess, actually every single one of you because God created you that way. So this time, this couple days ago, I met a man named um, Gerardo uh, from just north of Mexico. 
and and um, Gerardo and his wife Lupita were there, and they um, they lived in a place. They live in a place where the drug cartel is is a real issue, a real problem. And so, in this in their city, uh, just this past year, the drug cartel was creating all kinds of havoc. And so, um, in in their downtown area, um, they were you know causing everybody to flee. Nobody wants to go to the businesses, and they're actually extorting the business people, like making them pay money so they don't shoot them and things like that. Not a good thing, right? I mean, like, what do you do? And so, so Gerardo and Lupita, they said, we're going to get together with some other Christian leaders from our area because we have a God who if we will actually come and ask him and pray, he will tell us what to do. This is the God of Acts. This is our God. He doesn't change. And so they got together. And, you know, you might be thinking, okay, well, what, what kind of strategy could they have? Well, this is so like God. I mean, this is kind of like, yeah, I want you to march around a wall seven times, you know, and break some pots or whatever. Things that don't make a lot of sense or don't seem like they're going to work. When they got together and prayed about what do we do, Lord, they gave a, a specific passage in Isaiah about um, about, the, about God's protection, which seems so simple, like, right, that can't be it. And God says, yeah, that's it. And I want you to go to every single business owner individually, give them this verse, tell them about it, tell them about me and how, and how I am their protector. And so they did this one by one. They went to all the businesses. Many of them, many of the business owners got saved. And they, they, they prayed the, the Isaiah passage with them. They um, they had. They told them, "Pray this prayer," and and uh, what happened is, in a very short time, the crime rate dropped fifty percent in that in that city, and and they started to experience revival in that area, like God was showing up, and so um, you know, here's another again another modern day hero because we we all. Um, we all find ourselves in situations, places where we don't have answers. And God says, I have the answers, but you're going to have to come to me. You're going to have to uh, listen to me. And this is where we have to, we have to learn, um, practice listening, taking time away to listen to God because he's got the answers. But honestly, we, uh, we live in a culture that's, I'm going to say, is pretty humanistic, which means our, our first uh, we tend to first think for ourselves, well, how, what can I do about this? How can I get myself out of this? And God says, I have a better plan. Why don't you come and talk to me? Because I'm really brilliant, and I'm going to give you solutions. Yeah. So, so I got to meet this guy, and I, I gave him a copy of my book, which is in Spanish. In Spanish, it's Siempre Amado. And, and I gave him this copy, and I just said, man, I just had a couple seconds with him, and I said, you are, you are a modern-day you know, Book of Acts hero. And I said, you know, I'm just so proud of you for the courage just to, just to do what you did, to step in there, not to shrink back in fear. That's the other thing that they could have done, right? They could have run. They could have just taken off. They said, no, we're going to be part of the solution. This is where we live. This is our city. We have to start taking ownership, ownership of our city, ownership of our house, ownership of our relationships in our family. And, and um, your own block, start with your own block. This is my block and start walking up and down and praying, and watch what happens. So I got to meet him. I said that, that few things, and I really had, it was 30 seconds. You know, they were very nice, and I walked around to the other side, and probably, I don't know, several minutes later, he comes up to me, and he, he's, he starts prophesying over me. And he says, the minute you walked up to me, 
um, I, I thought of my, my, a good friend, pastor friend of mine who used to live on the border of uh, Mexico and uh, America, right on the, in the border. And he had a heart for the borderland to bring, to bring reconciliation and peace. And he said, he died seven years ago. He said, but when you handed me that book, the Lord said, this is, this, he has that same spirit to bring about a new language um, to, um, to, to the to people who are searching to let them know that they are accepted, and it was just something that he was carrying. It's I'm telling you I'm, I'm I'm telling you this story not not to say oh look what happened to me which I'm thrilled about don't don't get me wrong but I'm saying this is what's going on right now is God is connecting he's he's putting things right in front of us um, we we just have to step through doors that he's opening because it's it's really alive and it's going to become more and more alive so if anything like today what I as you're already t- hearing from me, and you're going to hear more from Suzanne, what I really hope to be tonight is like a fire hydrant, you know, that you just can't, you know, you can't quite take it in, which is okay. All we're trying to do is stir you up. We've just gotten so stirred up by the Lord, and it is supernatural. It's not by our might. It's not by our power. It's by his spirit. Okay, so, so, um, anyway, oh gosh, there's even more to that story, but I won't, he had a friend, who he brought, nearby friend from Mexico. Um, oh gosh, there's no, I, I'm going another time. It's a great story. It's a great, I'm just running out of time. So, um, um, so I want to, yeah, I, I want to, so I want to remind you again, this is the times we're living in. This is why we're going through the book of Acts. Tonight, um, we're, we're going to, I'm going to give you just a brief, uh, I'm going to show a video for you three-minute video of, of, uh, from Acts chapter 12. And this is the story of Peter, who is imprisoned. Um, so many of you know the story already, but if you don't, you're about to hear it. What I love about this video, it was done by a, a drama team from a church, and I just thought it was so creative. I thought, that was just way better than me reading it. So I'm going to do this, come up and share just a couple more things, and then I'm going to hand it off to Suzanne. Acts 12, 1-17. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James the brother of John with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly! The chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. He did so, and he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. 
He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street. Immediately, the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and has rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. Recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy, she didn't open the gate, but she ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting it was so, and they kept saying, it's his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. that one in the corner yeah there you go perfect so um yeah I just again I just thought that was so creative um that story um there are so many stories in the book of Acts that are demonstrating over and over and over again the supernatural nature of God that this is his this is his norm this is his normal now in this um you know you have Peter who uh, is most likely going to be executed the next day. You have the church that's fervently praying for him. That is a huge part of this story. Uh, God, God invites us to agree with his heart, uh, to agree with heaven, and he partners with us. There are angels that are partnering with us, listening to what we're praying. And so I, I don't want you to miss that part, that, 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 that the church was praying for him. And, um, and then as... as as it goes on, what's interesting, of course, is that when Peter is broken out of the chains and comes to them, they don't even believe he's there, which is kind of crazy. No, that's not really Peter. It does make you wonder, what, what were they praying? Were, Suzanne and I had this conversation. There's a lot of things, you know, were, were they praying for him to be released and then didn't believe it? Were they praying for something else? I don't know. Because remember, you already had Paul that was, that was broken out of prison. That already happened once, so there was already a precedence for it. Um, one thought I had, just interesting, because a lot of the book of Acts, you see that when people become believers, they, they begin uh, speaking in tongues. I'm just wondering, maybe they were just a whole lot of speaking in tongues, and they didn't even know exactly what they were praying, just, just for God's will, you know, for, for Peter. I don't know. Uh, but I also think that one of the things that happens is we pray, and how God answers um, is not 
always in a way that we think is going to happen. So we're not looking for it. And, and as, as excited as I am, and we have, Suzanne and I, and even the elders, we've been hearkening back, we've been thinking back about our, our history. It's a very rich one for a, a young church. We have a rich history of the Lord doing a lot of miracles, a lot of amazing things. And, and, but as we're looking back, I believe God is wanting us to celebrate those things, but he's also saying what's coming is so entirely new and different than what you've experienced. So don't be looking for the same thing. It's going to look different. Um, and, and who knows what different looks like, right? Different looks different. What does that mean? I have no idea. Different. Um, but part of why we're telling, doing the book of Acts and telling you about this rising uh, level of the Spirit is because the more God is given permission, the more he shows up, the more this is a sovereign Kairos time of his Spirit sweeping through this region, more and more supernatural things are going to happen. We, we, I told a story last week. I just told a story this week. We just heard the story of breaking out of prison. But when supernatural different things happen, it's, it's usually very, uh, at times, it can be really strange. Like, well, this is new. This is different. And, and in fact, every move of God, there has actually been different kind of manifestations, ways in which people respond. Here's an infinite God touching this finite being. And the more he does, something usually gives. And it usually looks or sounds like something. And often when it's new and different than we've seen before, or maybe some of you have never seen any move of God, so you have nothing to compare it to. I'm just telling you ahead of time, we are giving God permission to move. And, and one of the, one of the uh, things I heard from one of the many pastors I've met in the last couple of weeks, he said, he said uh, that he told his congregation, I am far more interested in, in God showing up and Holy Spirit being himself than in you being comfortable. That is a good word right there. <laughs> and it's true. In other words, one of the reasons why God isn't given permission to really show up is in, in like we read in the book of Acts is because we don't know what to do with that. We get scared. We get nervous. We get whatever. Maybe I'll just, I don't know about this. And I'm telling you, every time God shows up in powerful ways, it, it is a, a little on the strange side for those of us that aren't used to it. I'm just saying that ahead of time. Um, and, we, and, and we used to say, there were times in which, um, and, and some of you here remember, there were times in which you, we can't make revival happen, we can't make a move of God happen, but we can have our hearts positioned to say, Lord, we are ready, we want you, we want this. And, and some of the times that it's happened before, there's, it's, it's just been a little wild, okay, a lot wild at times. And, and, I, and so I would often tell people, we're not doing this to just to try to be, you know, crazy and weird. That's actually no desire of ours. We just want God. Because, because here's the flip side of the, of the unusualness. I, I like that better than strange because it's God. It's just unusual because we're not used to it. That is a much better word, unusual. But what happens when the more God shows up is people get more and more healed, more and more set free, more and more come to Jesus. It's, it's amazing. And people just are hungry and they just start showing up. And I'm telling you, we're, we're approaching that again. We're, 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 I would just say we're even on the ramp, you know? It's going up. So, so here we go. That's my pep talk um, around Acts chapter 12. And um, I get to turn this over to... 
Suzanne, who, with the help of Holy Spirit, is going to share some more. It's going to be Holy Spirit, let me tell you. Let me tell you, it's going to be Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild uh, month, month, I think, um, and um, being reminded of some really cool things. Um, but in this uh, season, you know, as we've been going through the book of Acts and now meeting some amazing you know, people, and some of you even have some amazing stories, too, that um, some of you have shared with us, and um, uh, it's like, Lord, why are you reminding us of these things, and because um, it is unto something. I'm for, for those of you who are newer, I'm the person who asks um, to what end? <laughs> to, to what end are we doing anything? To what are we doing um, uh, what we do? And, um, and it seems like the times um, that we're, we are moving into, that time of a huge move of the Lord. It is... I know that we've said that, and back in the day, like 20 years ago, <laughs> we were saying that, and we were hoping for that, and some of us experienced that, and for some of you, that may be a newer concept, or you may be, that's not where you were at 20 years ago, but um, I know that there are others here who can speak to um, s- some some of the wild and Wild and, should I say crazy? Should I say crazy? Okay, say crazy. It was, it was wild. It was fun. It was, um, I don't know, just learning how to be so mm, free in the Lord and yet getting so much deep healing in that. And yet, now, 20 years later, so we're all 20 years older, some of us who've, who experienced it then. And now what are we going to be looking for now? What is that going to look like now? And for you, newer to what I'm talking about, I can't tell you what the Holy Spirit's going to do. But he's going to do something. And there's been a, a beating in our hearts. There's been a longing in our hearts, not for the times of the old, but for what he's going to do next. And I kind of alluded to this last week when, I was at, when we were praying at the end of church of the service last week about the bowls of intercession and... Um, and, and them tipping. Joe Moody was here a few months, a month ago. Wait, when? No, she was almost here. Three weeks ago? Okay. And um, good friend of this house. And um, 
God uses her powerfully. For those of you who weren't here, God uses her powerfully using prophetic words and then a demonstration of power through healing. And um, she, we had a testimony. There were several testimonies, but we had, we had one that was especially profound for uh, a member of our, of our fellowship who had been so, uh, for two years, had suffered with PTSD. And she shared her testimony here um, last week or two weeks ago. And um, all that to say that as Joe so, what is it? She, she, it was like a laser. She, it was a, a laser prophetic word that brought, that chains literally fell off of, um, of Kara. And, um, and it's like that story that we just read. It's like that. And I know that there, after... Um, um, Joe's words and how her team ministered so scalpel-like, um, and then and then just brought such healing. It's like, okay, Lord, um, when Joe gives us a word about the bowls of intercession tipping, what is what does that mean, and how imminent is that? And Lord, but Lord, I want to be ready for what that is. We were talking, we've been talking a while, elders and some of the overseers, we've been talking about um, God doing a new thing, right? He's going to do a new thing. And, and everybody, we've talked about shift, transition, change. How many more words are there that talk about something new happening, Right? And, and we're waiting for that. And my prayer lately has been, please, God, let me know. Let, give me a heads up that this is the new. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, you know, I don't, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to, um, I don't want to say, you know, if something happens and just go and be flippant with, oh, that was nice. Next, what next, you know? And miss that that was a new thing that he just did. And so, um, so as in this story of um, Peter, and, and as Brent and I, like, like Brent said, we were, we were trying to figure out, well, what were they praying that they didn't believe that he's standing at the door, that, that their prayers were answered, they were praying, I'm assuming they were praying for his safety, right? Okay, what would we pray if somebody was in prison and he was going to be killed the next day? Okay. You'd probably be praying for his safety. Some might be praying for just, you know, peace and calm to his spirit. Um, that he would be freed, right? Somehow. Um, but then they didn't realize that it happened, I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that. That's not where I want to be. And so here's Joe saying, the bowls of intercession are tipping. 
the angel is taking this censer and the bowls of intercession are tipping. Now, for those of you who may not know what I'm talking about, um, in Revelation 5.8, babe, can you bring up Revelation 5.8 for me? Um, it's uh, the bowls of intercession are the prayers. No, the, yeah, the bowls, the bowls of incense. Bowls of incense are the prayers of the saints. Okay? And so these prayers are building up in this, in these, um, is it just, yeah, that's fine. Um, and when the 24 elders and the four living creatures saw the lamb and taken the scroll, had taken the scroll, they fell face down at the feet of the lamb and worshiped him. Each of them had a harp and golden bowls brimming full of sweet, fragrant incense, which are the prayers of God's holy lovers. Right? Oh, this is the harp and bowl. This is the harp and bowl. The harp and bowl. Thank you. That's what that is. It's the harp and bowl. And, there is, and we do have... Um, let me just mention, um, yeah, that uh, there is a house of prayer here that has been praying for over 16 years. can't remember how long they've been together. Since 16, 14, 16 years. Anyway, good friends of ours, um, Jim Stilwell and Dan and Amy Knight and a whole crew of amazing people who have been praying and um, in this valley. So this, um, just a little bit, and, and I'm not a, Bible scholar, and I don't know a lot about the, um, the, uh, the ceremonies that they did in the temple, but this little mini study, there was a, um, the, the altar of incense, was, it was like, it's it about this high, um, this little table here is about this high, and, um, and then in the, in the temple, so there's this altar of incense, and behind the altar of incense is the veil that they talk about, and also the mercy seat. But this, this altar of incense is um, it's about this high, and it's made of wood, acacia wood, and then it's covered in uh, overlaid with gold, and it's got four horns on the corner, and a horn represents power and authority. Um, but the really, oh, so the incense um, was used in the temple ceremonies to um, Aaron and his crew were to keep the incense burning this aroma burning to the Lord, and the incense was so specific only to the Lord. The Lord had a recipe that had three um, ingredients and frankincense, and it was all blended up together, and that, whatever that was, was to be um, the incense used on this altar, and that is the only place that the Hebrews could use that 
that incense. If anybody else used it, if anybody figured out the recipe, they were killed, supposedly. So it's like, okay, do not use, this was only, God's like, this is only for me. So, um, but this altar of incense was a typification of Jesus. Because also in that where they burn the incense, where the, on the four horns, they put the blood that they had, that they, I guess the Israelites had to sacrifice. And the blood for the sacrifice was placed on the four horns. The four horns represent the four corners of the earth. And so it was like Jesus covering the whole earth, and him being our, he, um, it, it does talk about how Jesus is our intercessor, and I'm sorry, I don't have the scripture for that, but it's in there, I know it is, so, so it's like, this, this is a sweet moment, and we've got, that, and then you've got the censer, there was a, a little, a bowl, with a handle that brought the fire, that lit the fire to burn this incense up to the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and so we've got this image now for us that these bowls are tipping, that these are the prayers, these are um, all y'all's prayers, all of our prayers. And what has... Have, you know, in the last 20 years, and then for some of you even before then, who experienced um, uh, what was called renewal, and the Holy Spirit came and just touched a whole bunch of people and set a burning in their hearts for the more of the Lord. And back then, we were already praying, and there were already saints praying even before then. And I'm not saying some you know, 20 years ago was when it all started. No, it started even before then because there were saints praying for Peter, you know, but, um, and the saints over the years and just all these prayers being built up. And as these prayers tip, um, one, one article that I read, they suggested that the fire the, the fire of the Lord would light these, this incense, meaning that there would be, there would now be power in those prayers that are starting to pour out. So what does that look like? The prayers that you have been praying, the prayers of other saints that have been all over the years, think about it. Take a moment and think about what you have been praying. We sang today about the lost coming back or the sons and daughters coming back to, their, to, the, to the fathers for, for chains to be broken, for disease to be gone, for, um, you know... Um, just the glory of the Lord to be manifest. So these prayers are building up, right? This incense, it's being, it's, 
it's building and it's building and and an angel comes along and says tip tip and it might start dripping could it be that what we saw when Joe was here and she brought the healing to Kara could that have been a Right? And all of a sudden, it's going to become a steady stream. All those prayers, all y'all's prayers. The prayers of the saints. Then it just comes like a flood. It comes, da- it comes down from the throne. And then it, be- what if it becomes the river? You guys, you know, we have sanctified imaginations. Let God take you there. What could that look like? What will it look? Will you recognize if all of a sudden a family member turns to you and says, you know, I've watched you a long time. What is different about you? Will you recognize that that's an answer to your prayer? <laughs> right, Michelle? Right? A son or daughter coming home and then be ready for it? So we're just saying, we're just saying be ready for it. Get ready for it. It feels like one of our, one part of our, um, mission statement is equipping world changers. And it seems like these last 18 years has been the a lot of the equipping part, but a lot of it had to do with not only knowing and, and having a grid for prophetic, for, for prophecy, for praying for healing, for evangelizing the lost, a lot of it also was heart work. So if we're equipping world changers, we have to have, we need his heart. And we need to know that we have his heart. And we need to walk from that place of certainty and confidence that we are walking with daddy's heart, right? So that when a coworker, a neighbor, a family member asks what's different or pray for me or something like that, it lights up in you. This is that. This is that. And I think that's what we've been preparing for the last 18 years. I haven't discussed this with Brett yet, but I think that is what's happening. Is that what if this was that? And it's not that we're going to stop praying, and it's not that we're going to, you know, stop equipping because it needs to go on. Those bowls, let, let the bowls just be filled to overflowing and just keep going as they're all answered, all of them, every single one. One of the articles I read said that there was like, there could be bowls for each individual, 
right? I don't know. We don't know what's up in heaven. It'll be fine to, you know, explore up there someday. But what if each one of us, that's like seven billion bowls, right? And they all pour out. I mean, what, what would the kingdom look like then? And can we be ready with his right heart to, to receive and, I don't know, revel in his glory with him? Because we're praying for that. We, Brent and I are constantly getting reminded with that song. For some reason, okay, back in the day, about 20 years ago, I think it was in, written in 95 or 6, um, Let Your Glory Fall by Vineyard, okay? How many of you guys remember that song? Just curious. Okay, so there's half, half of us, you know. For the other half, it was, just, it was a song about we were singing and Think about it, you guys. When we sing those kind of songs, we are making declarations, just like those declarations we made earlier. We were declaring that. We were like, let your glory fall in this room. And I can even remember when I started singing that song. I was in an intercession um, conference, and we're singing this song. And we thought, okay, in this microwave generation, it was going to be tomorrow. But it wasn't, and I don't know if I would have been ready, you know, if his glory fell right then, you know, if I would have recognized it and if I would have been ready. So fast forward 18 years, and, um, and um, we're sitting at the conference uh, up at Bethel, and Brian Johnson leads out with, let your glory fall. I am like, no way. You, you might hear me on the, on the, on the thing because it was like really silent and he starts singing a cappella and I'm like, no way. And I'm like, oh shoot, did I say that? How loud did I say that, right? But I like, we're on the same page. It's like the Lord is bringing back those memories for a reason, and it's gonna be even better than that. And for those of you who haven't experienced it, it's gonna be good, and it's, you're gonna get to own it as your own from this point forward. It's gonna look different. Um, it was interesting that Chris Valentin, the last, his last session, um, he was going to talk about Kairos moments and stuff like that, but instead he talked about life being messy. But he relayed a lot of his story, his testimonies of uh, unusual things that he had to, that he experienced with the Lord. And it was stuff like, um, uh, there, there were so many, they, they were like hilarious. But um, like he, he was at a prayer meeting and he saw the word abandonment on somebody's forehead, uh, on duct tape, duct tape to this woman's head. And he saw this. So Chris, Chris, for those of you who don't know who Chris is, Chris is a, um, a prophetic, uh, a prophet up from Bethel and a strong prophetic gifting. And so he saw in the spirit um, some duct tape across this woman's head that said abandoned. And, um, and 
he wasn't in a an environment where he could just walk up to somebody and just say, hey, let me take that off, rip, you know. So he, you know, he does ask. He asks, he, I see this, I see duct tape on your head and abandonment, abandoned is written on your head. He goes, do you want me to take that off? And the woman who kind of has a grid, doesn't really know what he's talking about, she says yes. And so Chris, in the spiritual, just rips it off of her head, and that woman just starts bawling. She just starts bawling, and it's just this deep, deep cries of her heart. And it, Chris finds out later through the young woman's mom that the woman... Um, her husband had just left her a month ago. And she was dealing with that kind of pain. But the moment that Chris spoke that uh, laser word to her brought her immediate freedom. So all I'm saying, we prayed earlier in the intercession time, just felt like... Uh, to ask him to stir it up in you, to stir it up in all of you. All of you are gifted in some way, shape, or form. There's something inside you that the Lord has given you, and only you can do it, and only you can give it, and only you can share it. But we were asking in intercession today that that gift be stirred up in you, stirred up to where, you know, you've got to give it, whether it's a prophetic word, whether you've got to step out in healing, whether you've got to just share Jesus, whether you've got to just your mercy and compassion and you go and reach, you know, the, uh, um, and, and just stomp on the head of injustice, those kind, that kind, those kind of prayers are also what's going to be answered what's in your heart to do. I think, was it, was it you, Susan, who said something about uh, what's already in us because it's him. We're going to get our answers. The, Jesus is going to answer the cries of our heart because, um, because it's his cry through us. I, I think you said that, Susan. I got that from you anyway. <laughs> Thanks, sis. So um, this is, it's a message of hope. It's a message of excitement, a little, just a little bit. And um, I don't know if Brent shared this part, but we were, we were when we sang "Let Your Glory Fall," we were we were. Eh. We were reminded that 18 years ago was when Brent and I were in a, we, we had just finished our last, our first church plant was ending. And we were, we were really in a very hard, sad place. And, and yet there was something, we were at the leader's advance at that fall leaders advance 18 years ago. And we said, okay, God, 
we're still in. This doesn't feel good right now, but we're still in. So fast forward 18 years, we just look at each other and we both just start crying and we're hearing, let your glory fall. And it's a reminder, as a reminder of uh, that, I don't know, declaration, vow? What do you want to say that was? It's a declaration that we're still in it and we're still going to go there. And yet now we know that this last, these last 18 years has been a time of really uh, getting my heart ready, getting my heart calibrated to his so that I can be ready, recognize, run with him as his spirit blows, sweeps through this valley. <laughs> okay, in five minutes, do that in five minutes. So what Brent's referring to is that it's been a crazy five years, it feels like. Nah, four years, maybe five. And... Um, It's been, it's been hard because there have been a series of things that I started building a case up against God. And, um, and my heart was getting to a hardened kind of place. And um, I would think I'd be over it and then something else would happen and it would just go back. And, and Diane and I were at a conference with uh, James Gall, <laughs> and all he just looks at us and he says, "Get rid of your offense against God." <laughs> I mean, he wasn't saying it to me, you know. He didn't like call me out or something, but when he said it, it just like straight into my heart, and I'm like, that. That's what that is. Because at first it wasn't like, well, I'm building a case up against God. You know, you don't walk around saying that, right? You just, it just builds up. And you're like, oh, God, I don't know. And then he just calls it for what it is. And at that point, I'm repenting. I, I don't know. I don't know. Were we like a nosebleed or something? And we're just like way up there and just, okay, God, that is what it is. That is what I've been doing. I've, I built up a case against him, and, and it's a story for another day. But um, there were just a series of things that happened, even in this last year, that um, just I built that wall around my heart. And... Um, and just had to have somebody call it out and just call it for what it was. And then I had to recognize that that's what I was doing. And I had to repent of that and, um, and let go of that offense. And when I did, it felt like, um, like a, really a cloud was lift. I was, this thing that I was carrying was lift, was, came off of me, you know, because it's like, that wasn't me 
to want to do that, but I had built that up. And, um, and so this journey then, one of the keys that unlocked this part, this leg of the journey for me, has been to let go of offense. Offense against God. It does have, I know we, we've talked a lot about, you know, forgiveness and, um, you know, with other people, you know, some flesh or blood, flesh and blood person, flesh and blood person, you know, and having an offense against somebody. But what do you do when it's against God? Just being honest, <laughs> just being real. It's not fun. It's not a fun place to be because then I knew that part of me was shut down. But at the same time, it was still there and I let it be there. And then I realized I don't want it to be there. And God gave me the strength to say, just because he, through a series of kisses, just reminding me, come on, honey, you need to be who you are. You need to be who you are. You need to be who you are, you know, and I'm bigger than you being offended at me. I just want you to be who you are, you know, and, uh, and I said, okay, okay, and, I'm, and my okay is getting to be stronger and stronger in that, so I don't know if that helps you, yes. Let's go there. You go there. Yeah, with me. Stay here. Stay here. So I, as she was speaking, I felt like this was kind of an invitation that, that really, um, obviously, we, we all have times where we get offended with God, and, and uh, myself included. What does that mean? It means like, well, you prayed for something and really prayed for something and really, really prayed for something, and it didn't happen the way you thought. You really prayed for someone that you love. For me, my sister many years ago was sure she was going to be healed. Um, she wa I mean, she was healed, but not the way I thought. She went to heaven with Jesus. For Suzanne, um, you know, a lot of uh, personal, you know, she had a lot of pain and, and really bad uh, things going on with her face that was extremely painful and lasted months and months. And, you know, we're praying and praying and praying. Lord, what's wrong? You know, we know you hear our prayers. This is how offense builds up. I'm just giving you examples of what it looks like because we all go through this at times. And, um, and, and I don't, we don't have all the answers. Sometimes we want all the answers, right? But I do know that, that those prayers, like, for example, all the many prayers for my sister, since I used that example for Carlin, um, I got to tell you, uh, it, it didn't happened the way I thought, but I got to tell you that the bowl is filled with a lot more prayers than it was before that, and that those prayers get answered, meaning meaning there's going to be so many other miracles that are coming. Um, and uh, one day, Carla and I will talk all about it in heaven. You know, it's going to be okay. But I'm sharing with you that we don't have all the answers, but we can, we can trust that he's good. But it's really hard when we have offense in our hearts. Offense is just that thing that builds up. And so I just, I, I feel like we should go there for a moment and, and just give God permission. Feel free if you want to jump in. Um, so even now, Holy Spirit, you're our counselor. You're the one that counsels us and helps us. Our personal life coach is what you are. 
And um, you know, even when we can't see things in ourselves, you know. <laughs> you know things. You know if there's a fence that's built up in our hearts. And, and particularly, it, it obviously can get built up against other people, which we also have to release. But right now, we're saying, would you show us if there's a fence uh, built up in our hearts against the Father, against you, Father, against God? And um, <clears throat> there's a part of us, there's a part of us, Lord, that knows that we shouldn't hold on. To, we shouldn't be offended. But the reality is, is that we're human and we have emotions and we do get offended. And Lord, wherever that has, has just built up a wall, wherever we have not felt close to you, wherever we felt like we can't trust you, wherever we felt like you were not good because things didn't happen in the way that we thought was the best or the good way. <clears throat> Lord, we want to release this now. We want, we want, Lord, what we want more than anything is we want closeness. We want intimacy. We want connection with your heart. And so right now, just begin to, to release through the help of Jesus. Jesus also as a brother and a friend will come along and help as well. This is what he came for is to restore us back to the Father. And Lord, we, we just want to admit also we don't, we don't, because we don't know, we don't have the whole picture we, in our own perspectives. Uh, there are times when we just can't agree even with what happened is, was the right, was, was, was good. And so, so Father, Right now, would you help us um, as we say to you, we release, just tell them, I release, Father, my offense. I release my offense. Father, I'm tired. It's, it's too much of a burden. It weighs me down. I release my offense. I release the pain. I release the disappointments, the things that didn't happen the way or the timing that I thought. Father, I release these things. I release them. And Jesus, uh, you know, give me the strength. If you need the strength, ask Jesus, give me the strength just to release this. Because, because Father, we want closeness. We want intimacy. Because you are good. You're so good. You're always good. And when our heart gets offended, we can't see the goodness. We, we just start missing it. We start, we just don't see it. We want to see your goodness again. Father, we want to, we, we do want to partner with you in changing the lives of other people, but we're not going to partner with you if we don't trust you. And so, Father, as we release the offense, now we release the offense, we release the offense, and we say to you, Papa, we trust you. We trust you. We trust your heart. We trust your heart, Papa, that it's good, that you are for us. Could you just say, you are for me, Father, you are for me. I believe you that you are for me all the time. I believe you that you are good all the time. Just go ahead and tell him that again. You're good, Father, all the time. We trust you, Father. We trust you. Uh, you're gonna play that'd be awesome Todd I, I just let's just stay in this place of prayer for a moment there's something else that that God brought to my heart and that is that as we as we are entering into a new season <laughs> it's going to be far greater 
filled with far more of God's presence and glory than in miracles than we've ever seen. I know, my, in my knower, I know this is true. And, um, but also, it requires a heart that will do what God says. So again, that gets back to trust. And so, um, even in the story we just heard about Peter, uh, the people prayed, the angel came to release him. The angel said, get up. And Peter had a choice. Peter actually had to get up. And the angel said, follow me through the guards. Peter had a choice. Can you turn that on, the keyboard? Oh. Okay. And Peter had a choice still. Because fear could have kept him where he is. Well, if I go past the guards, they're going to kill me. And so I am praying right now for us. And we are declaring, Lord, that we um, do not want to operate in fear anymore. We do not want to operate in anxiety anymore. These are not things that are friends to us. But, Lord, we choose courage and we choose obedience to the one who is always good. Father, you're going to lead us into miraculous things, but we do have to say yes. We do have to follow your lead. We have to go. And so I'm asking God that you would stir us up again wherever we've just gotten discouraged, disappointed. And we're like, well, let's just, I'll just be about my own thing. Lord, it doesn't work. Being about our own thing doesn't work. Just, just being about our own you know, our own life, it doesn't work because you meant for us to be interconnected. You meant for us to bless other people. You meant for us to reach out our hand and see sick people well and to use our, our mouth, our tongues, and to encourage people and watch them raised up. This is what brings us life. So God, we're saying yes to what we're alive for. We're saying yes, God, to courage. Fill us with courage, God. We're saying yes to taking risks again. We're saying yes to taking risks. If you agree, just say, I say yes, God, to taking risks again with you. Risks with you, that means stepping out. That means doing something. That means going up to somebody and saying the word that you are prompted something inside of you to say or handing somebody the money because God says to etc etc he's going to tell us things he's going to prompt us and we're going to step out and we're going to see different results we're going to see different things happening and so much of this is because we have been praying and we have been praying and the bowls they are tipping so right now lord thank you that the bowls are tipping i thank you and i just ask you i I'm asking you in this room, just kind of lift your gaze up right now because the bowls are tipping. The bowls are tipping. The prayers, even the very prayers you've prayed for yourself and your loved ones, they are starting to pour back over you. And God says that, he says, remember he says that there's not a single word that goes out that doesn't fulfill his purposes. The words that actually that we speak because he prompts us to speak them. He says, they don't come back to me empty or void without fulfilling the purposes I have for those words. So God, thank you. And we've already released disappointment. And we're saying, Lord, the risk means we're going to risk again, God, to step out, to make declarations, 
to, to pray some pretty radical, risky prayers. Because Lord, when you, because your spirit is moving, you do the miraculous. And the only way we're gonna see them is to step out with you and to believe you. This is who you are, this is what you do. In fact, I want, I'm asking God right now to remind you of, of times when you have stepped out and you've seen God move. Holy Spirit, bring it back right now. Bring it back right now. Times you've stepped out, you've prayed for someone and something happened. You spoke a word and it was a turning point for them. Just bring it back, Holy Spirit. Bring it back. This is what testimonies do. It, it, it renews the reality of Christ in you to say that nothing has changed. Still the same Jesus living in you. It's, it, it's going to look different, I think, partly because it's going to be even, you're going to be more courageous and risky than you even thought you could be. You're going to start doing things. You're like, wow, this has got to be God because I would not be doing this. This is what's coming. But this is what happens when the Spirit starts moving. Boldness comes. Courage comes. With boldness. We read with boldness over and over again in the book of Acts. They moved out with boldness. They did stuff with boldness. I declare over you boldness. Boldness, boldness, boldness of the lion of the tribe of Judah who has made his home in you. Whoa. I want... I want you to say out loud, I am bold. I am courageous. The Lion of the tribe of Judah lives in me. Those are true things. Those are true. It's true. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, more. Holy Spirit, more. We need you. Come and fill us up. Fill us up. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. We're courageous because you live in us. We're courageous, we're bold because you fill us and fill us and fill us to overflowing. Holy Spirit, more. Holy Spirit, more. Whoa. Holy Spirit, more. We need you to fill us. Holy Spirit, come and fill us up. Fill us up for this season, for this time in our lives. Give us courage. Holy Spirit, more. Father, the bowls are tipping. The bowls are tipping right here over our lives, right here in this, in this family gathering. Wow. But also all over the earth. The bowls are tipping. The bowls are tipping. The stories are flooding in of countless millions and millions of people a day, Jesus, coming to you. Millions and millions a day. The field is white for harvest. So, Father, give us eyes to see what you see. More, Holy Spirit, more, more. More, 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 more. Father, 
your presence. We need your presence. We need your presence. Oh, oh, oh. No, there's not anything selfish about asking for more and more and more because is an ocean without a shore there's so much more we'll never exhaust him he wants he wants to pour out he wants he wants our hunger he wants our thirst oh for more so we say I said, Lord, what, you know, what do you want? Um, what do you want? And I just felt his pleasure. Like he's like, I like this. I like this. Which is us using our voice, using our hearts to say, this is what we want. And I want to tell you something. It doesn't always come with feelings when we're doing this. I'm just letting you know. Sometimes, and especially like when you're home by yourself, when you're like, okay, I know I want more. Um, but when you're at home, especially when you're not around other people, sometimes you're not feeling all the feelings. I'm telling you, it's super important. You still keep telling God, I want more. God, and, and I just felt his pleasure in it. Like, this is really good. I love the times when I feel, I love the times when I'm sobbing and I can't, I can't even breathe because his presence is so thick. And I'm telling you, <laughs> the Lord says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. This is all part of those prayers in the bowl, the incense, meaning every time you're saying, God, I want you. God, I, I need you. God, show up. God, I want, I want to experience more of your glory. Those prayers will be answered, absolutely. And so, so be encouraged. We, we can keep going, Todd. I just wanted to say this because sometimes, sometimes when the feelings aren't there, we're like, ah, what's wrong with me? And I felt that God's pleasure saying, nothing is wrong. You're using your will right now. You're actually using your will, which is really important. God, we need you. Father, we need you. We love you. We love you. And I am praying, God, this is what I'm praying, is that there's going to be overflow, overflow, even that those bowls tipping, the overflow, Father, where, where those who are here, even some who right now are not feeling a whole lot emotionally, that even tonight, <laughs> as they're driving home, as they go home, as they're sleeping tonight, as they wake up in the morning, there's going to be a greater awareness of your presence. Lord, this is what you do. You reward those who earnestly seek you. That's what your word says. You reward those who earnestly seek you. Those who really want you. Because like us, you want to be wanted. You made us in your image. We want to be wanted. You want to be wanted. Father, we want you. We want you. We want you. Prayers of the saints be sweet smelling 
as Todd's singing that prayers of the saints. Earlier this week, I was in I was in a a, a worship setting. Wow! And suddenly, I felt the room full of the saints, including my sister who I brought up earlier, including several others. In other words, there's no, even though we feel disappointment, God says there's actually no distance. There's no distance in the spirit. And so these saints, Hebrews 11 says, there's a great cloud of witnesses around us. I'm telling you, they're cheering us on and they're worshiping with us even now. So thank you, Father, for the saints, the angels. Thank you that we are seated in heavenly places, whether we feel it or not. And God, thank you for answering the cries of our hearts. Thank you, God. We need you. We want you. of those roses were rising up and he was saying come with me my beloved come with me and follow me and follow the rose petals and I will take you to places that you could have ever 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 thought of or dreamed of and the unexpected will become the expected the impossible will become possible but come come with me Come with me, enter my heart, walk with me on this path, my beloved. Smell the incredible fragrance because that is what you smell like to me. You are, you are beautiful fragrances to me. And no matter what's in your past, no matter what you, the shame that you carry, the guilt you carry, that doesn't matter. I do not, he's saying, I don't want you to take these disappointments with you. I want you to leave it with me and to come forward with me. Because this is how valuable, this is how valuable you are to me. Every single one of you. Every single person. 
so cherish you. Come, come into my arms, he says. Come into my heart right now. And all you will feel is peace and love and security. And you don't have to worry about anything anymore. Because I have taken care of all of it. All of it. It is all taken care of. So we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that your presence is very strong here. And it's going to follow each person as they leave here. But I pray a multiplication, <laughs> even more, Holy Spirit, as they leave here. You're going to surprise people this week, God, there's going to be unexpected goodies coming along, God, because of your love. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I felt like the Lord was uh, just wanted me to pray for you about um, speaking to past time. Time has passed already. The stuff that happened in the past, that's past time. And it's like it's like having a power, for some of us, it's having the power on the present so that we are stuck in the past. And the Lord is, wants you to live today, in the moment, in today's day. And not tomorrow, but today, in this new day. So, Father, I ask, uh, right now, I just pray... Uh, I just ask all your past time to let go of your present time. I break off the power of things that have happened in the past. Past, go to the past. Present, come forward. Present time. I bless your present time. I, I bless your present day. I bless the new day for you, each of you right now. Jesus name to live in the present in the present live in the presence and, and like what Suzanne was saying don't miss don't miss it it's in the present now it's here now for each of you so father I ask Lord that you would give each one the continued grace to release past time past issues to let them go. And that you would give each one the ability more and more and give them wisdom and discernment and show them how to do that and how to live in today's blessing, in today's life, today. And to see you, Jesus, where you are today, right now in front of us. Thank you, Jesus. Because, especially because we have um, people who are here for the first time, I want to make sure we have uh, prayer teams up tonight. If you would come on up, I want to make sure we give people opportunity. Um, if you're willing, Todd, we just do a little bit more. Uh, if you want to, if you want to just sit and soak and keep pray, you know, praying, please do. Um, as T Todd will just sing over us a little bit. Uh, we have prayer teams, so if you want. Um, even though we talked about miracles increasing, I want to tell you, we actually see quite a few miracles. <laughs> They're going to keep increasing for sure.
for sure, for sure. Um, but I want to encourage you, if you have a need for physical healing, um, even emotional, um, just have amazing, amazing people to, to uh, trusting, trustworthy people, uh, gentle people, loving people to pray with you. And so, um, so Father, I want to thank you for uh, what's happening because I felt in my spirit tonight that this was going to be a real um, gateway into something new. And and um, a lot of and you tell us a lot of times not to not to despise the day of small beginnings. Meaning, when you're doing something new, it's not going to all look. <laughs> we're not going to see it all in one on day one. Uh, but I felt like tonight was significant. And um, so so and maybe for a lot of us, it was just releasing that offense, you know, for you because that's going to unlock all kinds of doors to receive from you. For some, uh, there's some there's some breakthroughs still coming as they re- get more prayer. But I'm, I'm asking God that you seal tonight the things that have happened. And God, thank you that the prayers that we continue to pray tonight and each day of our lives, you listen, you hear, you respond. Uh, none of our prayers just go into this empty void that doesn't happen. Each one, you are attentive to each and every one. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And God, we say yes to the new thing that is coming upon us. We say yes to the harvest coming in. We say yes to the courage in our hearts. All the things that happened tonight. God, this is real. And as was just prayed, I think by Diane, that even this week, we're going to see different opportunities right in front of us. But there's also going to be a different courage inside of us that's going to go with it to step out and to do something different, but to do something with you. In Jesus' name, amen.